What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Nonstop Baseball Playoffs. <laughs> Playoffs are here. Oh my god! It is a two-man podcast this time. I am here. I am Noah. I am joined by my good friend Brian. How are you? I'm going great, man. I'm on top of the world. Giants won the National League West, best record in the league, most wins in San Francisco Giants. Not actually, not only San Francisco Giants history, just Giants history. You can include the uh, New York Giants. No matter what, most wins in Giants history. I'm loving it. I'm fired up. I could run through a wall right now. How was your day? It was good. I was just going to, I was going to mention, it was, I think, just a beautiful, like, 24 hours in sports. Um, we were recording this on Sunday. Saturday had some uh, great sports action. Uh, Red Sox won. The Mariners had that crazy win where Mitch Hanniger just put the team on his back, four for five with five, five RBI. Seattle was going crazy. And then I woke up. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a great call. Great win. I know they missed out on the playoffs, but still just a great moment for Seattle. Um, and then, Dude. oh, you're going to go for it. Oh, no, no, no. Continue. You're on a roll. Go on your yes. roll. I'm sorry. Sunday morning, <laughs> I wake up and I finally feel that like crisp autumn air for the first time this year. Mm. I'm loving it. And then I, I turn on the TV. It's Manchester City and Liverpool plays one of the best soccer games I've watched in a while. And then at 12 p.m. Pacific time, just the chaos unleashes everyone playing at the same time. I'm watching the Red Sox versus the Nationals. Red Sox come back from a five to one deficit to win it and uh, take their place uh, as the first wildcard team. And it's just paying attention to all these different games. The George Springer hitting a grand slam and a leadoff homer in the same game. It was just, it was just a beautiful 24 hours in sports for me. Um, yeah. No, I can definitely attest to that. I think this is like, it's just an amazing baseball weekend. The last weekend of the regular season is so intense, especially this year, because we had so many things happening. We had potential for a four-way tie at one point in the American League, which for the wild card, which that would have been insane. We ended up with no ties, no having, like there's nobody has to play a game 163, which for a little bit there, we thought we were going to have to see. So it was yes, crazy. We, might, we thought we might have seen multiple 163s, yeah. which would have been crazy and kind of would have been such a shame uh, for the Giants and Dodgers, whoever <sighs> lost that 163, if they went to that, where like, you know, you, you have like the most wins in baseball pretty much, but then have to play an extra game just to get in to a wild card game and then maybe have your season and the brewers were like making my heart not be at a safe controllable like beat because the brewers just kept getting the lead and blowing it against the dodgers all weekend long and the giants i mean luckily the giants only had to win two of three to win the division two game lead gave them that they were able to win two or three do what they need to do but oh my man the dodgers were on a roll and honestly, my the I'm kind of worried about the Brewers going into the playoffs. Am I crazy for saying that? Uh, no, you are not crazy for saying that. I lost my unmute button for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I feel like that's something that we've kind of been saying this yeah. whole year, especially just, well, um, <laughs> you know, 
we are all, I mean, I'm still very much uh, worried about the Brewers, but sometimes as you know, we're going through lives, our lives, just walls get placed in our way yeah, and uh, they prevent us from getting to where we want to go. And I'm afraid that might be what happens with the Brewers. Uh, <laughs> and one person in particular one person in particular <laughs> he uh he had a couple too many drinks celebrating and uh the mall the wall started talking some smack to him so he had a he had to show the wall who's boss yeah so devin williams uh one of the <laughs> one of the best relievers in baseball one of the best change-ups in baseball if not the best um yeah he's a relief pitcher for the Brewers. a big part of their season this year a big part of their playoff Huge plan going part. forward um, yeah, they won the NL Central, so they celebrated with a few drinks, as a team does. And then, I mean, uh, how how else are you supposed to do it? Let's be honest. I don't know. It's a big accomplishment. <laughs> it is a big accomplishment. <laughs> Have your drinks. Um, but but uh, <laughs> one thing you shouldn't do, uh, maybe don't punch a wall. Yeah, Just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, apparently later in the evening he got upset about something and was still intoxicated, and uh, you know wasn't operating mentally at the highest capacity so he got the thought to punch a wall and he didn't the, the rumors on the twitter versus it was had something to do with a girl which i mean things get rough but dude he punched a wall like you got to be smarter than punching a wall yeah oh and we haven't even met yeah i guess you could imply that uh, yeah he broke his hand and is oh yeah sorry <laughs> i just realized you didn't say that you know, uh-huh. he is uh, done. I believe he's getting surgery. There is no chance of him coming back. Unlike another tragic injury. Wait, I want to propose. Oh, you no, something. continue. Go for it. So this is the second time this has happened this year in baseball. First with Enoa <laughs> uh, on the Braves. Well, didn't someone on the A's like also like smack break their hand like gaming? Wasn't it? Uh, oh, it's Jesus Lazardo. Yeah. Yeah. He broke a pinky slamming a desk while playing video games. Um, well, then that makes my question uh, maybe not as relevant, but, oh. <laughs> you know, we've had some issues. Should we, as a society, consider getting rid of walls? <laughs> <laughs> just no walls. <laughs> no walls. And, you know, for Jesus Lazardo, let's just get rid of desks, too. Yeah, we're, we're getting rid of desks. <laughs> There's been too many accidents. We need to get rid of walls. I'm starting uh, a campaign now. Oh, man. You know, I would love to get rid of people who throw fastballs that break inwards when people try bunting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Brandon Belt, the captain, the heart and soul of the Giants team, as especially as of late, he was squaring up to bunt, fastballs riding in, he was trying to get out of the way, and it managed to get him right on the thumb, broke his thumb. Uh, the earliest possible he could return is the World Series, which that would be interesting. Like, there's nothing I would want more if the Giants got there for Brandon Belt just to walk on field in, like, a captain's uniform and just, like, break away and go onto field. It'd be the most electric thing in the world. Um. <laughs> yes, it would. But what's more embarrassing, breaking your hand, punching a wall, breaking your hand, bunting? <laughs> no. uh, it's actually very close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no. Just kidding. You got like you said, uh, he's just trying to get a nice little hit against the shift and he's yeah. done it before. It wasn't bad technique. It wasn't, it was just a very unfortunate fastball in and he's trying to get out of the way and it's just the ball just found his hand, you know? Yep. It just found it very tragic. Luckily, like he, I mean, dude, Brand Bell had a career year, 29 home runs. It really sucks. He didn't get an opportunity to get that 30th, 
that would have been really cool to see Brand Bell get 30 home runs. I would have loved to see that just for Brand Bell and everything he's been through with like Giants fans hating on that dude for so long. The dude's a stud. I hope he's back. But even without him, I think this Giants team, I mean, their mantra all year has just been like kind of rolling with the blows in a sense. Like they have not had a healthy year by any means. So it's just someone else has stepped up. And do you know what? Like Darren Ruff, who's been killing it for the Giants, he came back. He was out for a while. He came back and kind of filled in that belt role. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know if you're on the podcast when I talked about it, but it was a while, it was multiple weeks ago where I was talking about the narrative for the Giants this year being like, oh, it's just been everything's gone right for the Giants. It's like, no, it hasn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they've won as much as possible. In that case, everything's gone right, but they've had a lot of injuries, you know? Um so, yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, Brand Belt missed like half the season earlier in the year. Like, that's the crazy part. He only played like, and he is more than half. He played like 70% of the season and hit 29 home runs. Like, if we could have got a full year of Brand Belt, that could have been insane. Yeah, I really sure. hope the Giants resign him. But I'm just realizing uh, we are not done with stupid injuries. Uh, no. <laughs> on this. no, no, no. So, oh, there was a lot of injuries. I mean, I know the one you're going to go into, but then there was another one that happened today. I'm going into one that happened today. Oh, well, okay. But you're going, yeah, there's two that happened today then. Okay. You, well, you go with the one you're going. Yes. So in the Red Sox uh, playoff clinching win today, um, in the middle of the game, J.D. Martinez, normally a DH occasional outfielder, was running from the third base dugout to right field to take his position. And as he is running out to right field, he trips over second base and sprains his ankle so badly that he is taken out of the game. And uh, he looked really rough. You hate to Hopefully see he could play in the playoffs. And it was the broadcast was talking about like, have you ever seen such a weird injury like that? And Dennis Eckers is like, one time I saw this one guy, he tripped over like a ball bag and he got injured. And I was like, well, that's not as bad because the ball <laughs> bag isn't in one place always. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe his always maybe, there. Maybe his nickname had something to do with it. Who? <laughs> JD oh, Martinez's nickname. I see. I see what you're saying. But <laughs> no, he's just running out and he just like is not looking dead. It's like if you've played baseball for as long as JD Martinez has played baseball, you should probably, probably know should where know second base is. <laughs> I'm You've been there so plenty agree. of times. You hit a lot of you hit a lot of doubles, JD. You should know where it is. And <laughs> You've been there often. Yeah. Jeez, it was, oh. But Jose Iglesias then came in. Uh, he played second, and then Kike went to you know the outfield. And Jose Iglesias had he uh, was like picked up by the Red Sox late, and it's been like one of their most important players down the stretch, which is crazy because he won't be able to play in the playoffs for them. Uh, that is because very they picked him up too late. Uh, but thank you for your contributions. Jose Do you Iglesias. think he played himself into a role on next year's team? No. Okay, that's fair. That's very fair. Because <laughs> they because Christian Arroyo was just also hurt, and then he had a really solid first half for them. I think they want to give Christian Arroyo. Arroyo's younger. Yeah. I mean, Iglesias, he's been around. There's a reason Iglesias was available. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, the other injury we have to talk about is Max Muncy. Did you see this one? 
No, I did so not. Max Muncy left the game early today while playing first base. The ball was thrown kind of inside towards the line. So he's like reaching over. He's left-handed, right? So he's reaching over with his right hand to catch it. Wait, does he feel pretty right? sure? He, I'm pretty sure he yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, he throws okay. right-handed. Yeah, he throws right-handed. So he's reaching over with his left hand to catch the ball into the kind of the runner's line, and the runner runs into his arm and like it yanks it behind him. He goes down immediately in pain. He gets pulled from the game. Uh, Dave Roberts has actually already said he's out for the wild card and is likely out for the NLDS if they make it there. So that is a huge blow to the Dodgers. That is, yes, that is. (laughs) It's definitely less than ideal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A blow doesn't get much bigger for the Dodgers than that. Uh, Oh, for sure. Especially in a year where Cody Bellinger has been, very unlike himself. Um, Dude, poo-poo, if you will. I mean, it looks like he belongs in Baltimore. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> but I uh, hope, like, I mean, I hate to see the Dodgers. You, you hate, like, even though the Dodgers are a rival, and trust me, nobody dislikes the Dodgers more than I do. I like, I, but you never want to wish injuries upon like an opposing team. Like, you want to, like, I want to beat the Dodgers at full strength. So it kind of sucks. Max Muncy's out wish the Dodgers the best dude honestly as the Giants so the Giants play the winner of the wild card right mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd rather play the Dodgers or the Cardinals fair enough I, I, dude the hottest team are baseball or probably one of the most talented teams in baseball it's, that's like kind of what the decision is but one of those teams has Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller <laughs> this is very true and and, <laughs> and Julio Urias <laughs> Yeah, so actually, you put it like that. Uh, give me the Cardinals. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but really quick, fun stat that I wrote down as soon as it happened and then knew I'd jinx stuff was <laughs> earlier this week, Adam Wainwright got his 17th win of the season. This is also his 17th season as a big leaguer, and it came in the Cardinals' 17th win in a row, which was the end of their streak, but still a bunch of 17s crazy. So are you telling me they are going to play 17 games in the playoffs? Perhaps they can't win 17. That's too many, no, but yeah, that's they can play. play 17. Yeah. I uh, must say, I hope they do not play 17 because that would mean they get past the Giants. So. Yes, would. <laughs> I would very much so not appreciate that. <laughs> um, sure. What else should we talk about? There's a lot that happened this weekend uh dude okay honestly something i want to talk about is there was like a lot of like sad interviews out of the mariners and the blue jays camp obviously they both had a great season 91 wins for the blue jays 90 wins for the mariners it's uh, it's a tough scene to win 90 games and not make the playoffs it really is but the things that were like the hardest about the interview is like they were talking to jp crawford right and they're asking about kyle seager and the dude's like tearing up because Kyle Seager is his, his boy. It's his leader. It's the, he's the guy who like brought him in and taught him how to play like major league baseball. And there's a high chance Kyle Seager is not returning. Uh, Kyle Seager's comment was kind of interesting when asked about it. <laughs> he was like, so he was asked like if they think he's going to, cause he has an option for 20 million or a $2 million buyout. And he was asked like, if he knows or thinks like what the team's going to do. And he's like, I haven't talked to the general manager in four years. <laughs> so that that is a 
I mean, that wasn't really a yes, wasn't a no, but told us a lot. <laughs> I think he literally said, like, we've walked by each other in the hallway and say nothing. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> so doesn't sound optimistic for Kyle Seeger to be returning in Seattle, even though I'm a big, like, I think he should stay. After the run they went on, I think Seattle would be dumb to let him walk. Yeah. Um, it's just, oh my gosh, that's. <laughs> but yeah, JP Crawford was like tearing up knowing like, they were asking him if he's ready to like step up and be the leader of the clubhouse. He's like, of course I'm ready. I'm like going to do everything Kyle taught me. But it was kind of rough to see. Like, it's like, man, bro. Like, it, it really sucks that, like, you can't play with who you want to play all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah. we saw a similar thing happen in Toronto when Bo Bichette was talking about Marcus Simeon. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, Bo Bichette's comment was, he's meant everything to me, which, like, that's a big praise, right? Yeah. So, I think, <laughs> unlike Kyle Seeger, I think there is a chance Marcus Simeon stays in Toronto. Uh, yeah like i i think it's a solid chance i don't know if simeon will get the contract he wants in toronto but i think they will give him a solid like i think he'll get a contract if that makes sense yeah it just may not be his market value or whatever it'll just be interesting to see who are the other teams that approach him in the offseason as well you know for sure and if they approach him as a shortstop or a second baseman yeah, we'll see. Well, really quick um, before we go on, uh, you're talking about the Mariners. And then I think Saturday night, Marco Gonzalez went for them. And man, it's just the fourth, like, really solid year in a row for Marco Gonzalez. And I don't know if you ever watched Marco Gonzalez pitch, but I just have no idea how he gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just his soft toss and lefty, but. You know, 143 in a third innings pitch, 396 ERA. He's hit 200 innings mark before. He just goes out there and he just does his thing well, you know. And uh, yeah, it's it's it it's crazy. But the Mariners just got a lot of solid um, performances from some pitchers that you didn't expect, like Chris Flexen coming from the KBO. Yusei Kukuchi kind of reinvented himself. They're a really fun team, and I hope that they could uh, be proud of their season even though it didn't, you know, end and with postseason play. They have another top prospect coming next year, too, in Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Mariners are very quickly kind of becoming a fun team to watch. I hope they keep Kyle Seager. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I think, I, here's, my, uh, here's my take on 2021 baseball season. Baseball. It is the season of the teams that were just going to fade away but then they never did the mariners the giants and then in some respect the red sox though after like the first month or so people started to accept the red sox as legit but the mariners and the giants in particular everyone was like okay they're gonna fade away people never stopped hating on the giants and they literally had the best record in the league for 80 percent of the season like yeah, it's just wild. Like, I get like everybody's surprised by what the Giants did. I'm a Giants fan. And I said the Giants are going to be third in the division to start the year, right? Like, I get it. But at some point, you got to realize, like, hey, this is just who they are. Like, <laughs> they're going to win some ball games. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just they're doing they thing. They just see, and the thing that bodes really well for the Giants is the Giants like have only lost three in a row twice or once all year, I think, and they've only lost two in a row like very few times. So like their record in games after, well, I guess because I said that, but their record following a loss is insane. So that bodes well. Like I really like the Giants' odds and playoff series just because of that. Yeah, for sure. They're they're a good playoff team. And uh, kind of jumping back a little bit here, but you're mentioning uh, whether Simeon will be viewed as a second baseman or shortstop in free agency. And that'll be kind of interesting because he's the uh, most powerful second baseman mm-hmm. in baseball history. He hit 45 home runs this year, the most ever in a season by a second baseman. So just a, I think that happened over this last week. So a little shout out for Simeon for being it- it's kind of crazy. We saw two of those type of records get broken this year because we yes. saw Salvador Perez break it for catchers and Simeon for second base. So that's really cool. We love to see that. We love new records being set. They're always fun. Also, another record we saw uh, set this year was, do you know this? Matt Olson set a record. Do you know what the record was? Oh, I did not. The most home runs in history, most left-on-left left home runs in a single oh. season in baseball history. I think it was like 21, something like that. But that's – Matt Olson has that record. Not Babe Ruth, not Barry Bonds. I'm kind Matt, of surprised Barry Bonds does not have that. Yes, so am I. <laughs> like Barry Bonds specifically. <laughs> he hits 75 homers. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, Matt Olson's just a really fan of the lefty-lefty crime, man. Yeah, just loves beating up on his own kind. Maybe Barry Bonds is like, sorry, like I'm not gonna beat up on my own kind. I'm going after the righties. Well, yeah, and Matt Olson is not a pure lefty. He throws righties, so maybe that's <laughs> he has some bias in him. Yeah, he doesn't have the heart. <laughs> he doesn't discriminate. He'll yeah. bom- hit bombs off anyone. But yeah, Matt that's Olson, hilarious. 39 total on the year. Also, I didn't know Mitch Haniger had 39 total on the year, other than like last night. It like. Yeah, it was brought to my attention because he was, you know, putting an entire city on his back and such. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, Seattle, that stadium was electric. I'm kind of sad they're not going to be in the playoffs just because of how much energy was in that stadium. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it, obviously, when it's full and it's rocking. But I also just, like, love the way night games in Seattle look. Like, there's yeah. it's just very pleasing on the eye, you know? Dude, it's just, yeah, I really love The it. video of that announcer, too making did you see it like it's like i think yes, base is loaded and it was did. like the base hit and he's like standing up yelling like dude oh i felt that like i wanted to run through a wall for him dude yeah that guy he can be pretty annoying at times he is a, <laughs> he's a he is a homer but he sure does genuinely love him some seattle baseball and you got to respect that do sometimes, you know what yeah he doesn't see you need that though. clearly yeah yeah He's a little like, too homer sometimes. And when things are like very obviously against the Mariners, he just like won't say them or, but still I'd rather have someone just really genuinely loving Seattle baseball calling Mariners ball games. You know, I really, appreciate I that. so much rather that than someone up there just talking smack about my team. Yeah. <laughs> I'd lose full so fast. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that, that would be that's hilarious. why it's kind of great uh, when those smaller market teams get going. Cause you know, some of the bigger teams, like, like we've talked about just like New York, Boston markets. It's like the market and the media market's just a lot more interested in hating on the team than actually enjoying it when it's like, especially when it comes with Boston. Like if you said 92 wins at the beginning of the season and like, you know, postseason baseball, 
no one would have. I mean, Nobody everyone would have taken that. They yeah. would have been like, I'll surely Dude, take that. You know? The Yankees, who were supposed to win the division, you tell them they went 92 and 70 and they're in the playoffs, they're taking it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Nobody's not going to take a 90 win season in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. You know uh, who's going to take a 90 win season and not be in the playoffs? The Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is Seattle. Yeah, I know. It is. Honestly, Seattle and Toronto, two of the more exciting franchises to watch next year. For like, sure. Well, for sure. I mean, Toronto, absolutely. But Seattle will see what they do over the offseason. I believe. Week. I believe. I want I'm not giving up hope. I mean, I'd love, I, like I said, I just love watching late night games in Seattle. They're, they're pleasing on the eye. I, for whatever reason, I absolutely just love you say Kikuchi. Um, and they got Thai France out of nowhere, just yakking balls. Just yakking it. You'd love to see that. You know, so we've been talking about some of the exciting teams. I guess we kind of got to talk about some of the disappointing teams. Uh, I feel like we have to start with the San Diego Padres, man. 79 and 83. Uh, man, that... if if you would have told me that the Padres would have been closer to the Rockies in the standings than the Dodgers at the beginning of the year, I would have oh that would have been really hard for me to believe. But here we are. <laughs> oh, just imagine being told they're within five games of the Rockies. They were like they were like tied with the Rockies like a week or two ago, right? I thought. Yeah. I think so. I mean, to be fair, the Rockies didn't have a bad year by their standards. 74 and 87. Oh, not good. Dude, but you yeah. tell the Rockies they're going to go 48 and 33 at home, they'd be amped. Yeah. Like know. they just would. Am I looking at this wrong or did the Rockies not play enough games? They might not have. <laughs> it's 74 and 87. Yeah. <laughs> it should be an even number. That's an odd number. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, we didn't quit. I'm so confused. Who else didn't play enough games? Then? I'm so... Sorry, this is just like really blowing my mind. Whoever they were supposed to play that day. Wait, the Braves? The uh, Braves, yeah. That's so weird. I guess oh, they yeah, just decided I remember, to get... I remember hearing about that. They had, like, if the Braves didn't clinch, uh, clinch then, then they, they would have played that game. But they were just like... I'm sure it was too hard Rockies to schedule. Like, yeah, I'm sure all the Rockies are like, hopefully they clinch because <laughs> we don't want to have to play. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, dude, yeah, no. So the Padres, disappointing year for sure. Uh, on Saturday, we got a alert from John Heyman that Jace Tingler has been fired. And then some Padres representative had to go, uh, he's still managing for us. He, the fire was premature at best. It's like, what? Like, bro, how do you have to feel if you're Jay Tingler? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. We haven't fired him yet. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. That's what happened. They're like, oh, is it true you fired Jay Tingler? It's like, no, we didn't do that yet. I mean, we didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. It just, oh, it just absolutely brutal, man. Oh, I just, it's really, that's not, that can't be great to see. Uh, I think Jay Stingler still has a chance to like catch on as a good coach somewhere, but not in San Diego. Definitely not in San Diego. Uh, who, if you had a guess, like you have a, what kind of coach do you, Oh man, my voice just cracked. <laughs> what kind of coach do you think they're going for? I don't know. Like I've heard the Bruce Bochy rumors, um, but 
don't know. I feel like I'm not. But I don't lie. know. Like also that Jace Tingler, like was kind of like that young coach, and maybe they want to get away from a, a like a younger coach like that and go to someone more like Bochi. But uh, I don't know. Um, I know like Will Venable is the bench coach on the Red Sox right now. And a lot of people have really liked him. I don't know if he's going to, he still needs to get a few more years as a bench coach, but I think having like a really, a young analytically minded bilingual manager um, is something that a lot of teams are kind of starting to really value. Well, that's like the giants, uh, the giants bench coach, also Kai Correa, He's probably going to be another name, but like you're talking about with Will Venable, he probably needs to be there for like a couple more years under Kapler. But he's definitely someone who that like a lot of the Giants players talk very highly of. And people think he'll be like the next analytically driving guy to maybe get an opportunity. Um, the Bruce Bochy conversation is interesting. It sure would break my heart. I can't lie. Bruce Bochy's my guy, bro. Three World Series. Can't hate on that dude. But I understand why the Padres are going after a manager like that. I mean, we saw the Astros do it. They went and got Dusty Baker, right? The White Sox went and got Tony La Russa. <laughs> who, took a, who, who had a, a spike beer, a beer <laughs> out of some, some cleats uh, in hey, celebration. You know what? You got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> I don't know why you got to do that, but apparently you grossest, do. <laughs> that's the grossest trend I've seen this year, yeah, I feel no. like. Stop. Oh, that's not, I don't think that's a new trend. That's definitely been around, but we'll stop it. Yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> it, it looks disgusting unless it's a brand new shoe, which case, why are you ruining a new shoe? Um, it just is disgusting. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was like anything. Just stop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely interesting choice, but I, I could see the Padres wanting to go with that older manager who just understands the game of baseball and will do their job knows how to answer the media and a player like a coach that the players have no choice but to respect in a sense not to say they didn't respect jace tingler but i mean we had machado and tatis literally arguing in the dugout at one point yeah and then also we had you know the whole jace tingler saying that he was mad at tatis for swinging 3-0 last year and all that stuff all like that that was horrible too yeah Honestly, the Padres just whoever they get as a coach, they need to find someone that Tatis and Machado both respect. Yeah. Like I, I get I guess that's like almost common sense in a weird way, but like I feel like it almost needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. So it'll be interesting how they go. Um, what other teams were real big disappointments? I guess the Cubs, but it was kind of expected with the Cubs, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. The twins, but we've already talked about the twins at this point. There were a lot. One thing I did want to say was obviously going into this year, we knew that the Orioles were going to be bad. But we very clearly were like, okay, if there's going to be anything that the, the Orioles are hopeful for, I pointed out two things. One, Ryan Mountcastle having you know, a, a solid rookie of the year case. And then two, maybe Cedric Mullins having a breakout season. Cedric Mullins had a breakout season beyond, you know, comprehension, 30, 39, oh, something sure. OPS. Ryan Mountcastle had a rough start, but ended the year with 23 doubles, 33 homers, 89 RBI, 796 OPS. So like the two things that you could be hopeful for, 
went really well for the Orioles and they still went 52 <laughs> and 110. Yeah, when, that's great. So what you're telling me is you, uh, you really know your doo-doo poo-poo to analyze them well. Yes, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, what, how, how, how did everything go right? And you still are that bad. Yeah. yeah how did all this, like, I can't see them getting better, you know? Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I guess you could expect Ryan Mountcastle to take another step forward next year, but you can't realistically think Cedric Mullins is going to be much better than he was than this year. If anything, realistically, you could see him maybe dropping down to a, you know, low to mid 800s OPS guy. I think um, Cedric Mullins is very likely to have a Yastrzemski-like season. So Yastrzemski had the MVP-like season last year. Obviously, he didn't win it, but he was like top five in the votes. And this year, Yastrzemski wasn't bad by any means. Like, his OPS is like right around 800, a lower average than he had the past year and hit a good amount of home runs. I think that's something we could see Cedric Mullins where he just like teams kind of fit, not that they figure him out, but they know how to attack him a little more and we don't see quite as dominant. I kind of don't hope that's true, but I definitely see that as being like the highest possibility. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I don't know if you want, do, were you about to say something else? Go on yeah, a different path. I have one more team I want to talk about. Okay, yeah. You go with your team, and then I have another team. Unless it's okay. the same team. Oh, Maybe it is. We're on the same page. So with all the hate we've been giving the Minnesota Twins throughout the year, I think we kind of just forgot about how disappointing the Royals were. No, we've brought that up before. You we have. Specifically, but yeah. I did because I really like the Royals coming this year, and I'm just very disappointed. <laughs> like, <laughs> 74 and 88. I just expected more from them. Yeah. Like, they just had some, how do you let Detroit and Cleveland beat you? <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Oh my gosh. Did you really quick? This is a bit of a digression. Cleveland 40 and 41 at home. Also 40 and 41 on the road. Hey, consistency. Balanced. You gotta appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, 788 runs allowed. That's, that's tough for that pitching staff. Um, that's really, I think, where they faltered. I mean, off, I mean, like Salvador Perez obviously had that season. But uh, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, that, yeah. All, like yeah. Whit Merrifield, like he, that dude was just like, I don't even know what that guy did this year. So I'm assuming he didn't do much. No, yeah, he had an off year. He had some stolen bases, but I remember I actually the when we were talking fact about they didn't trade him. That was years ago. Immediately, <laughs> winners and losers at the trade deadline. I was like, yeah, long term the Royals because they had Whit Merrifield as this super, you know, ass like um asset. <laughs> yeah super what was do you <laughs> you gotta love the super ass um, yeah. do you so when talking about the royals you brought up uh, ben and tendy and do you remember what the ops was you said he was it like I 800 said, i said he would never um surpass his career high in ops again his career high was 830 in 2018 okay. this year he had a solid year 27 doubles, 17 homers, yeah. a 766 OPS, but that's like a slightly above league average player, which Ben Intendi is not expected to be. You know, expected to be. Better. I was going to say, I kind of could see this being Ben Attendee, though, like right around a 750 OPS guy. Like, I, yes, I think I, I'm after this year, I think I'm almost willing to agree and say we don't see another 830 OPS season out of him. 
which is what I was saying too. It's like, yeah. I think I could see him right around where he ended up this year. And mm. I mean, though, here, let me slowly. Uh, oh, wow, was Mondesi hurt this year? I just realized he only played 35 games. He doesn't. He's just not good. Play. <laughs> He's just <laughs> not good. No, but um, let's see. Um, but in September, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Benintendi had some hot months, May, June, September, October, but it was up and down. I thought maybe he was more consistent in the second half. He wasn't. He just, you know, still up and down a little bit. Um, but yeah. What was the team you wanted to talk about? The team I wanted to talk about that, I mean, it would be hard to say the Padres aren't the most disappointing team in the National League, but oh, I, I, think I, I, think, I think that's who I – think it is but i'm just gonna play devil's ad- advocate here the most disappointing team in the national league this year the new york mets oh for sure like if you would have if you would have said to the mets at the beginning of the year you just need to win 89 games and you got the division i think they would have taken that easily with that lineup with that pitching staff and Especially i know knowingly, knowing they traded for bias too though yeah like knowing they went all in, they traded one of their, like, I think their first round pick from the year prior, which is a lot to give up for a rental. Yeah. So they went all in, they went for it and they get left with a 77 and 85 season. Yuck. Yeah. I remember one of the things I said, looking at the Mets before the start of the season, I was like, man, this is a lineup that one through eight because it's national league could maybe all have an OPS above 800. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go down the list. Uh, James <laughs> McCann, 643 OPS. Pete Alonzo, 863. Solid. Uh, Jeff McNeil, 674 OPS. Super That's, down year for McNeil. Do you do you think Jeff McNeil stays in New York? I don't know. I like, I feel like, I mean. If they keep bias, I think they might just try trading McNeil. You're trading him at such a low value though. I feel Yeah, like, but you know, I would you really put that past the Mets? No. We're not talking about a smart organization here. Yeah. But then, uh, yes, Francisco Lindor, 734 OPS on the year. Uh, Jonathan VR, one of the best Mets on the year, 738 OPS. Dom Smith, 667. Brandon Nimmo, just always just a sneaky value guy, 838 OPS. And then Conforto with a very disappointing year, 729 OPS. And that was their lineup this year. Did you bring up JD uh, JD Davis? He JD Davis. Yeah, he got in 73 games, 820 OPS. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you saw it. I don't know. I I think best case scenario for the Mets this offseason is they're able to get Billy Bean. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean, right? But, I mean, that's easy to say that's best-case scenario, right? That dude's one of the smartest GMs in all of baseball. He's kept the A's relevant with uh, And he's really handsome. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to love Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's exactly uh, what Billy Bean looks like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it's kind of – I don't know if they'll be able to get Mr. Bean from the A's, but <laughs> – it will definitely be an interesting thing to monitor. So I've realized I thought saying calling him Mr. Bean was the most <laughs> fun thing, but hearing someone else call him Mr. Bean is definitely the most fun thing. Oh, that is great. Oh man, dude. You know, another team real quick. We're just talking about teams. We might as well 
continue. Um, <laughs> the Cleveland Indians, where are they going? Like, I, I don't have a single thought about the Cleveland Indians right now. <laughs> not good, not bad. I just, I don't know what their future looks like right now. Well, here, let me, let me get up some numbers really quick. But a lot of their key, here, let me, let me look right here. Because, like, right. while you look it up, I'll talk for a little bit. Like, okay. I, they have Jose Ramirez. They have, like, Fran Mill Reyes. They have these, like, good pieces. But, like, so it's like they're not – they don't want to blow it up. They, like, half blew it up, which is just the most confusing thing in the world to me. Yeah. Um, and I thought there was someone else, but maybe I was I was wrong. I met Rosario had a decent year for them. I mean – for what they traded, like, obviously you traded Lindor, like you can't replace Lindor, but Med Rosario, I mean, if you told the Indians, he's going to hit 282, uh, get on base 321 slug 409 for a 730 OPS. I, I don't think the Indians are mad about getting that production out of Med Rosario. Yeah, definitely not. But I was, what I was going to mention is just Shane Bieber only pitched in 16 games this year. Ooh, yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, if they had Shane Bieber a little bit more and then Tristan McKenzie, he turned it around more later. I mean, like you could kind of talk to yourself, but they just need some more bats. And I, it's just, they seem to not just to be incapable of developing bats in their farm system, as great as they are at developing pitching. Um, it's, they just, I don't know. They can't develop bats. Um, I just feel like they need to make their mind up. Are they rebuilding or are they trying to win? Cause if you look at their lineup, it just looks like they're doing both, and that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an interesting. It'll be an interesting off season for the Cleveland soon to be Guardians, or I guess and, now they're oh, the Guardians yeah. since the yeah season since ended. Over. Uh, someone to monitor is Emmanuel Classe. That dude is nasty. He is a nasty, nasty, nasty. Like 101 mile per hour. What is it? A sinker, cutter? What does he throw? It's a cutter, I think, uh, right? Yeah. It's a cutter. Yeah. 101 mile per hour cutter. That's just disrespectful. Dude, he's only 23. The dude's younger than me. That makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you've, I forgot that he's only that young because he missed a whole season because of the PED stuff. Yeah. Um, no, that's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. That, that is wild to think about. Um, Ooh. Ooh. One other thing. Oh, do you have something you want to go to next? Uh, no, go to yours first. Okay. So Noah Syndergaard came back. Kind of weird. Yeah, that, that was weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, going back to the Mets dysfunction, I mean, maybe Mr. Bean can figure it out, but if not, like, why are they bringing Syndergaard back late? this late in the year? Like, why, why? Your, your team's, like, do you know, if they were going to make the playoffs, yeah, do it. I have, but, Syndergaard so, must have vocalized really wanted to. to pitch in a major league game yeah just kind of like get confidence like no i can do it get ready for next year type of thing but yeah, it's kind of weird to me very weird there's no kind of about it it was just very weird <laughs> yeah because i remember like chris sale uh this year vocalizing like yeah if we wouldn't have been competitive i wouldn't have come back you know i would have just saved it for next year um he's like because it's like you know pitching is not exactly the healthiest thing to do for your arm so uh yeah i i, I know and i want to win i want to win championships i'm only going to pitch if i feel like i got a shot to do that you know yeah no for sure it 
I don't know. It's impressive for sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's impressive how uh, dumb sometimes the Mets are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just wanted to mention, I don't know if there's anyone else around the league, but I was, cause I was watching the nationals versus the Red Sox game in Washington, DC. I don't think anything's been uh, formally announced yet, but uh, it looked like it might've been Ryan Zimmerman's last game in baseball. He got, several huge standing ovations from the nationals crowd also alex avila who has officially announced his retirement got some applause uh yeah i've been a solid catcher for the last 13 14 years but especially that ryan zimmerman uh the dc legend their first draft pick and uh just been really solid for them world series champ uh congrats dude. on a great career and if you keep going congrats on keep going Zim. dude zimmerman has been around a long time like you have to remember like the third baseman like who were the best third baseman when he was really going it was like david wright mm-hmm. and like guys like that like think about how long those guys have been retired <laughs> yeah so it's really crazy that zimmerman's still going great career loved watching the dude play i'm glad he got his world series and yeah yeah, and just battled some injuries, but just never gave up. You there's a there's a few times where you thought maybe he disappeared, but then he just came right back and put together some solid years. Was it 2016 he had that crazy like power surge? He had one yeah. year where he had a ton yeah, of I think it was uh 2017. He hit 33 homers. And like for I mean for like in May or June, he was leading the triple crown for a good part of it, I remember. Yeah, dude. Hey, for his career, he has 40 war. Like, he's a solid player. Uh, so, yeah, career batting ad- average, 277. Career OPS of 816, which, I mean, that's not easy to do over the entirety of your career. So, oh, oh, props sure. to Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah, it's, oh, he's got two seasons of more than 40 doubles. That's solid. He, he's definitely a national legend. Won't make the Hall of Fame, but national's legend for sure. Yes, for sure. No doubt. Uh, Dude, speaking of someone else who's a legend, is the American League MVP of this year, uh, Otani. It's not, I'm not, that's not up for debate. Let's be honest, right? I've been hearing people debate that. And I've just been like, yeah, he's like, and it's funny because in National League, now I'm like, yeah, maybe just give it to Soto because Harper and, you know, them didn't make the playoffs. But and Crawford's MVP. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. But like, if you do what Otani did, I don't care. Just Dude, you did that. Okay. Yeah. Otani. So to what I was gonna say, Otani is the first American League player ever. You have to say American League because Barry Bonds did it. But the first American League player ever with forty-five home runs, twenty-five stolen bases, and a hundred runs in a season. Oh yeah, he also had a three-point-one-eight ERA on top of that. Like, what? How are you debating the guy's not MVP of the American League? Yeah. Like, Otani's going to break the MVP awards because anytime he's healthy, he's automatically the most valuable to his team. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think you could just take this season for granted either and, like, be like, oh, he'll do it. He'll, maybe he'll do it next year and he'll be on a winning team and I'll vote for him. No, he did it this year, and you need to vote for him because he, like, because we don't know if we see this again. As yeah. much as we want to, he's young, and like I believe Otani will do it again. Yeah, but we don't know. You never can promise anything, right? Mm-hmm. And dude, Otani's made one ma- massive mistake. He uh, 
has said he's open to renegotiating with the angels, which uh, the angels are incompetent. <laughs> They're the American league Mets. Yeah. Except they don't have, except they don't have Mr. Bean coming. Yeah. So, (laughs) dude, how do you have Otani and Trout and people still not be scared of you? Like, that's honestly kind of impressive. And then one of the, it's weird. It's so weird how they have like certain pieces that are really good. Cause like Rysel Iglesias had one of the best, yeah, one of the best closures in baseball this year. Yeah. Uh, No, for sure. Uh, they just, they're the angels. The angels just make me mad. We're wasting Trout's prime. Now we're wasting Otani. One of the best seasons of baseball we'll ever see, probably. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I'll fight the angels. Just tell me who to fight. Dude, I was <laughs> I'm fighting the whole that. franchise. <laughs> just, like, just as long as it's not Mike Trout, she is too big. Um, yeah. I was here on MLB Network. They're talking about... I don't remember who it was. They're like, oh, yeah, no, Tani, I think he should be the closer. And it's like, why? That's just less innings of Otani pitching. I want Otani pitching more innings out there. I don't know why people are in such a rush to not make Otani a pitcher. Like, I know I said it in the beginning of the year, like, but coming into this year, it was like legit, like, can he do both? Because, like, he hadn't been able to stay healthy. But now we've obviously seen he can stay healthy and do both. And he's jacked now. Yeah. I don't know how you can say, like, oh, is he going to do both? Like, bro, he just showed he can do it. And not only did he show he could do it, he showed he could be uh, above – I'm not going to call him elite pitching, but uh, above average pitcher, right? An all-star pitcher. All-star pitcher, yeah. And uh, elite hitter. Mm-hmm. Like, why would we not have him do both? He's the Angels' best pitcher. And because Trout was out, he was their best hitter. Which the fact Trout has never had a year with 45 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and 100 runs, I just realized is kind of crazy. Well, that's probably because... He can't stay healthy. No, well, yeah, and then early on in his career, the Angels basically told him to not steal bases because we don't don't want him getting injured. Because he was stealing bases early on, and then they put the brakes on him just to try and keep him healthy. And then... And then the angels were like, yeah, we need to have you healthy for the playoffs that we'll never go to. So, you know, you got to love the angels decision-making. Yeah, for sure. Um, Um, We've been talking for a while. I want to talk a little bit of giants and I'm sure you have some things you want to say about the Red Sox going into the playoffs. Uh, I, for the giants, I don't know what they're going to do for the playoff roster. (laughs) (laughs) They have a lot of people that deserve to be on that playoff roster and they do not have enough spots. So like guys like Tyro Estrada, who were a huge part of what the San Francisco giants did this year in all likelihood, Tyro Estrada is not going to be on the playoff roster. And then like in, in the outfield, it's like, Oh wow. I just realized they have Chris Bryant listed as an outfielder now. (laughs) (laughs) Cause dude, Chris Bryant kind of was struggling a bit at third base and Evan Longoria is just such a good defensive third baseman. Like Longoria is, I did not realize how good defensively Longoria is when we, the giants got him and he just, he just locks down the position. Right. So I think he'll play, Bryant will play in that a lot of outfield, but they just have so many outfielders. <laughs> I just don't know who's making the playoff roster. And then like pitchers, it's the same thing. We're actually going to see the Johnny Cueto reliever experience in the playoffs. 
So we're going to see the, the dancing on the mound coming out of the bullpen, which will definitely be interesting. That will be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how I'm feeling about it, but I mean, I understand why he's not starting. I think I talked earlier about like, how much do you weigh like playoff experience? Right. Hmm. And like of all the starting pitchers the Giants have, he's the only one with, well, I guess Alex Wood has playoff experience and he's been pitching really well. But you look at your other three, Logan Webb, he's a young kid, right? He doesn't have pitching experience well, in the playoffs. Kevin Gosman, he's been on a lot of doo-doo teams. Desclafani doesn't really have much playoff experience. So it, it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I don't know if I want to play. I, actually, I want to play the Cardinals over the Dodgers, but I feel like that's a death sentence to ask for that, so I'm not going to ask for it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, for me, like the Red Sox, it's interesting because, like, going into the playoffs, I don't know, like, what the formula is for them to win a ball game, you know? especially when <laughs> That it is comes not to- something you want to say going into <laughs> the playoffs. Especially when it comes to pitching because it's like, you know, Evaldi's been sawed, and Rodriguez is, in terms of his like peripherals, had a really good year. It's just a lot of Babbitt unluck. Um, but their bullpen is just like at one point looked like such a strong point this year, but some injuries and weird stuff is just like Matt Barnes doesn't look good right now. Adam Adovino doesn't look good right now. Um, Garrett Whitlock looked good today, but he just came back from like a pec strain. Um, Darwin's and Hernandez is still coming back from uh, IL stint, but he's, he's healthy, but it's just like, I don't know who we're going to give the ball to after a certain point. And the offense hasn't looked really that good just recently um, when they dropped two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles, um, <laughs> which is start- not what you want to do before the playoffs. Yeah. Starting pitchers, uh, Bruce Zimmerman, Zach Lowther, and Alexander Wells, the legends. <laughs> I don't think I've heard of any of those guys. Me neither, other than Bruce Zimmerman. You want to know why I heard of Bruce Zimmerman? Because he dominated the Red Sox earlier in the year, too. <laughs> you got to love that. <laughs> and they combined for 15 innings pitched and uh, three earned runs, which is only five innings per starter, but still, like, and five innings per starter. And now you're Garrett yeah. Cole. Yeah, and, like, you know, maybe it's – I mean, the Red Sox kind of have been a team over the last few years where it's like the bigger name pitchers and like pitcher, more veteran pitchers because they've seen more, they're a little bit more successful against. And a lot of times young guys like a Don of the Nationals today can eat them up a lot. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I just... I mean, I know core is going to end up using starters out of the bullpen, but I just don't know exactly what the formula is. I don't know yeah, what a win, like, playoff win looks like for the Red Sox. You know, have, have the Red Sox announced the starter yet for the wild card? Oh, it'll be Evaldi. Oh, it will be. So yes. do you think Chris Sell will be coming out of the bullpen? Um, I don't know. He just pitched today, but he only pitched like two and a third innings or something like that. So maybe. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. That's dope. Uh, I mean, pitching is going to be interesting. Pitching is always fun to watch in the playoffs because you never know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, the two of the Giants' best relievers right now are, like, both under the age of 23. So you have Kervin Castro, who hasn't given up a run in, like, 14 straight innings since getting called up. He hasn't given up a career run yet. Like, 
which that's pretty crazy to think about. And then Camilo Duvall, who got his first two career saves this week. And dude, he hit 103 and then snapped off an 85 mile per hour slider in the ground. That That's going to play anywhere if you can control it, right? For sure. So it, it's going to be an exciting playoff time. I'm amped. This next week is uh, going to be a great week. Yankees, Red Sox in the wild card. I don't think we've hyped that up enough. Because it's an easy win. Oh! <laughs> but, dude, no. Yankees, Red Sox in the wild card. One game. Like, dude, two of the biggest fan bases in sports. Also, quick like, shout out to Gio Urshela for uh, catching a ball oh, while I'm dying. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just, oh. And not to make light of a scary situation. Yes, that was. But terrifying. did you see Angel Hernandez? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Imagine you, Georgella, just running full speed downstairs into a dugout, and then you're like on the ground in pain, and then Angel Hernandez is like, "Are you okay?" Just comes flopping over the dude. My favorite part is like one of the Rays. They were playing the Rays, right? Yes. Yeah, one of the Rays players is like standing there looking at like uh, Gio Urshela, like, oh, you good? And Angel Hernandez falls over the side and hits the player in the back. And the player's like, just watches him hit the ground. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, dude? So, for those of you that don't know, uh, Gio Urshela caught a ball, crashed down the stairs. Scary, scary incident. Did he? I'm assuming he came out of the game after. I didn't really pay attention to that aspect. I don't know. I think, I mean, I didn't see anything about, I didn't see anything that he he came out. So maybe he stayed in anyways, very scary looking fall. He took and angel Hernandez was coming over to check if he held on to the ball. Cause you know, you got to make the out call, Mm -hmm. not worried if the person's alive does is the ball still in his glove. (laughs) He tries climbing over the fence, get in the dugout and just falls. (laughs) It's an amazing clip. Uh, I hope Gio Rochelle is okay. Cause that was come out of the game. He did okay that makes sense because he and dude he ran from so it was a shift so he wasn't even playing third base he was like at the shortstop position when he started running so he went a long way to get that ball very impressive defensive play no doubt no doubt um Ooh, you ready for some trivia sorry um really quick um well, I think well, I'll just say what the playoff matchups are before some trivia, but I'm very excited about some trivia. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, we got the Red Sox-Yankees in the AL wild card. And then as we touched on, the Cardinals and the Dodgers in the NL wild card. And then the Rays will take on the winner, that AL wild card. The White Sox shall play the Houston Astros. Uh, it's a sneaky, nice series right there. The Braves will take on the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Giants will take on the winner of the uh, Cardinals and Dodgers. Should we do some uh, postseason predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do. Let's, let's do, do rapid fire. Well, not rapid I mean, fire. Okay. Uh, you want to write these down so we can, or yes. type them out? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, you want to do National League or American League first? Um, let's do. Um, American League first. Okay. Okay. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, we're gonna start with wild card. I am taking the Yankees. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just, I'm I just gonna, got... 
Yeah. I'm going to go with the Red Sox. I, I respect it. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure to get Adams too, just for those of you listening. We're just going to do just uh, – are, are we just doing wild card right now? Yeah, let's just do wild card then. Okay. Yankees, Red Sox, and then Dodgers, Cardinals. I want the Cardinals to win it because I'd rather face the Cardinals in a series. The Giants and Cardinals have a lot of history playing each other in the postseason. And as of late, it's definitely uh, been to the Giants' favor. Uh, But I think the Dodgers will win the game. And that would be the first time the Dodgers and Giants ever play each other in the postseason. So that will be insane. Yeah, so you got Dodgers. Yeah. Um, As much as as blasphemous as it feels to go against our boy Adam Wainwright, who we've been loving on recently, I cannot go against crazy Mad Max Scherzer in a one-game playoff. So I'm Let's go, go Cards! Yeah. <laughs> no, like I said last week, I'm, I want to see some Cardinals playoff uh, baseball. I think, you know, just good defense and fun, solid fundamental baseball is going to be very intense. I mean, it will um, be short-lived. Ooh, yeah. before we go to the trivia, I said something earlier, and I want to talk more about it. I think Brandon Crawford needs to be way more in the discussion of National League MVP. If you look up MVP odds, he's not even in the top 10, and that kind of makes me want to puke. That is horrible. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I was looking at the wrong place, but uh, yeah, last I looked, he was not in the top 10 for MVP odds, and that is borderline disgusting. Well, that's not necessarily, I don't know, um, saying it's not a predictor. It's just like, I don't know. He, he does play on the West Coast, you know, and that hurts. East Coast bias. Yeah. But, dude, Brandon Crawford, and I need to preface this with Brandon Crawford defensively. Like, if you compare Brandon Crawford to Soto, Harper, Tatis, the other candidates, Brandon Crawford's in a different world defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, he does not thrive in the same defensive world as those guys. I'm not saying those guys are bad defenders. Just as of right now, they are not the same defensive, like same type of guy. You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So this year, 298 average, 373 on base, 895 OPS. 24 home runs, 90 RBIs. Like, yeah, okay, he doesn't have a one-dot OPS, but at 895 OPS as a shortstop with the defense he plays, with how much he's meant to that team, MVP, MVP. My the, honestly, I think the best counter argument for me is someone else who's kind of getting underrated in the MVP argument, and that's Trey Turner. Yeah, I, I think Trey Turner is the MVP, honestly. Yeah, I have a feeling that's who it's going to go to. Um, I was thinking, I mentioned earlier, maybe Juan Soto, just because, uh, you know, those Bryce Harper and Fernando Tatis missed out on the playoffs. Um, you're going the Brandon Crawford route, but Trey Turner. In terms of fan graphs wars, you know, has the best yeah. bore in all of baseball. Yeah. Um, That's why I and, said Trey Turner is my bet, the biggest counter argument for Brandon Crawford. Yeah. And is just, you know, on a winning team, even though he wasn't on it the whole year, but still a crazy, uh, cool accomplishment uh, to put up the numbers he has. It just, I can't understand why we're talking about three, like the three MVPs, like Bryce Harper had a horrible ending to the season. Like you could almost argue Bryce Harper, like costed, not costed the Phillies, but like 
he could have, if Bryce Harper had a good last week, the Phillies would be in the playoffs. Yeah. And Juan Soto had a really bad ending series against the Red Sox. I don't know if how much that's going to play into things, but I think if he Juan Soto's just, team sucks, I know, but if he <laughs> would have just that. like dominated and, uh, you know, sent the Red Sox out of the playoffs single-handedly, then people yeah. might be giving him more hype. For sure. Um, and like, I mean, like we we're saying earlier, uh, Shoya Otani's team sucks, but also he's doing superhero things. So <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's oh yeah, no. Yeah. Otani is, we can't even complain that. Cause like, okay. Put it this way. If it's most valuable, right? The angels went 77 and 85. We take Otani off the angels. Do they have 60 wins? Like, <laughs> yeah. But Which, yeah, I think if you the, take Brandon Crawford out of that, off the team, out of and compared to all of the other MVP candidates, maybe I don't know. I guess you could, yeah. I guess you could argue Bryce Harper off the Phillies might. That that would hurt. I'm not going to say that wouldn't hurt. I just think taking Brandon Crawford off the Giants affects like that makes Juan Soto specifically though. Washington was 65 and 97. Like they weren't going to be that much worse even if they didn't have Juan Soto. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, it's hard to be much worse um let's trivia yes let's do some trivia so adam kindly uh added some trivia to our shared google doc um the answers are invisible to us they're written in white ink i will then highlight them to reveal the answers to us but our first trivia question uh, of course is toronto centered yeah i don't care about toronto (laughs) (laughs) toronto has four players with 100 or more rbi on the season who is the last team to do it? And how many times has it been done before? I have a feeling the last team to do it is more recently because uh, then I feel like did. it would be the Dodgers. Am I crazy for saying that? I have a no, feeling maybe, maybe the, not. They rotate a lot of guys, actually. Maybe the 2018 Red Sox, but I can't think of, I, I mean, maybe, but um, no, Devers didn't have, I don't think Devers had 100 RBI, but I think Bogarts and JD did. But then I don't know who other than that. Um, I don't know. That's tough. The 2019 Red Sox, they had a great offense, but they didn't make the playoffs. JD, Devers. um, I don't think Mookie's ever had 100. Bogarts. Maybe the Astros. Okay. I feel like one's the Houston Astros, like one of those years. Because, dude, think about it. They had a lot of everyday players like Correa, Bregman, Altuve. Like, could be maybe the twins when they set the home run record. That's another good one. I don't know. All right, let's reveal the first one. I will reveal the first one. Right, it is it. the last team to do it was the 2000. Oh, wow. I would yeah. not have guessed it was that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wonder here. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. What's the other? Uh, how many times has it been done? How many times would, are you going to say? I'm going to say four. Four times? I feel, yeah, I guess as you go back in history, like the amount will be more it happens. Because uh-huh. like I feel like recently it didn't happen. So I'm going to say like seven. Oh, 15. Wow. <laughs> so Wait. yeah, as you go back in time, like it, it used to be done more frequently because I feel like you used to have more everyday players and so you don't the, see that as much anymore. The 2000 LA Dodgers... That's what he said. Huh. Why? Are you looking at their team? Yeah, I only see two. 
Ooh, we poking holes in these. And I, I see it. Sean Green had 99 RBI according to Baseball Reference. Here, wait. Let's ooh. maybe just yeah, let me. Yeah. Now what I'm looking at, I only see two two for them. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh no. That's okay because I'm okay. excited about our second question because <laughs> I think I have both answers. I think I have one. Okay. I think one for sure we're on the same page about. Yes, I do too. Um, so you want me to read the question or you want yes, this Yes, go for it. Okay. A fun stat nobody talks about is walk percentage and strikeout percentage, right? How often does a batter walk or strike out as a percentage of their total plate appearances? There are only two qualifying batters who are under 100 for both stats. So pretty much they don't strike out much and they don't walk much. Exactly. They put the ball in play a lot. Uh, so if it was just walking, we had our conversations about Salvador Perez. Definitely not <laughs> him. Strikes out a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one guy, the one I think I have down, yes. plays for the Angels. Yes. Are we on the same page? Yes. Plays, plays a little, plays a little two bag second base, right? Yes. Sometimes some short. Sometimes some short. David Fletcher. David Fletcher. And I'm going to agree with that and say, oh, I'm between two people on the same team. Ooh, um, what team? The Minnesota Twins. Ooh. Williams Astudio. But then I, my actual guess is going to be Luis Arraez. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good So one. I'm going to say. I'm trying to think. Do I have a second guess? Uh, no, I don't have a good one. <laughs> So do you want to join me with Luis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in you. So the first one is David Fletcher. Yeah, that one I feel like was kind of easy if you're on Twitter. Like (laughs) Twitter loves David Fletcher, which how how would you not love David Fletcher? (laughs) Do the stud. And the second one is Kevin of the Pirates. Yes, I have heard of him. I have heard of him once. I have heard of him. I feel like, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, nice two twenty six average. Yeah. So he said, Adam said it was totally insane if we guess either guy. Well, we got David Fletcher, so we just blew your mind, Adam. Wow. So Kevin Newman's strikeout percentage seven point four percent. His walk percentage four point nine percent. Maybe I need to see some more pitches, my guy. <laughs> I want to see. I feel like here. I'm going to look up Luis Arias's stats right now. I'm getting there as it is loading. Um, Dude, this next one. Oh, oh, I was. Oh, so no. You were so no. close. Wait, wait. Did you poke a hole in right, yeah. again? Luis Arias, his walk percentage, 9%. His strikeout percentage, exactly 10%. Oh, tragic. So, Last year it was uh, the bolt the two years prior it was under ten percent for both, but I would add that was like that was like, I'm just you were guess. so close that yeah. is tragic, absolutely tragic. Okay, now there's two more. The first one I think I have a guess for. I yeah. The second one completely lost. So for these next two, what Adam did is he gave us some like, so we've done the thing where it's like guess the stat line right, but it's like basic like batting average on base slugging uh ops 
Adam gave us advanced stat lines. So for the offensive player, it includes isolated power, strikeout percentage, and how many times they grounded into a double play, which I don't think grounded into a double play is an advanced stat, but I'll allow it. <laughs> and then for pitching, it was pitches per inning, quality starts, which I also don't think quality start. And then he gave his win-loss record. That's not really advanced stats for pitchers either, but I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> So for the offensive player, it's an offensive player with 225 isolated power, a strikeout percentage of 136, and they grounded into 23 double plays. The double plays tells me the person is not fast, right? Uh-huh. Like you're grounded into the second most double plays. You're a little slow guy. I know it's not Albert Pujols. He leads the league in double plays, or at least I think. <laughs> Um, second in double play is interesting. Isolate power of 225 is an impressive isolate power. For those of you that don't know, isolate power slugging percentage minus batting average. Oh. So that means if they're hitting 250, they're slugging 450. Oh. But no, there's 225, so they're slugging 470. Oh. So I'm gonna guess this hitter is like a 270 batting average, probably which means they have a 490 slugging, which is really good, right? And they're slow. And they don't strike out a lot. My guess is Juan Soto. What do you think about that? I think Juan Soto's slug is... Uh, you think it's better Soto, than 490? Yeah, I think it is. I, I think you could be right. But doesn't he have a high on base percentage? Like, I think that's what's pulling his OPS up. Because actually, no, you're right. Because his OPS might be. Isn't his OPS close to one? Yeah, it's in the. But what's his batting average? Is his batting average close to three? It's over three. Oh, then, but then if it's the 220 isolate power, oh, that just made it even better. Because if Juan Soto is over three, that means his slugging is like 520, if not higher. 530, 540, depending what his batting average is. I'll and he doesn't strike out a lot. For the sake of just saying something different, even though you've talked me into Juan Soto, I'm just going to come out of left field and say Jose Abreu. Oh, that's an interesting one. Let's see what it is. It's Juan Soto. Oh, that was some good, <laughs> that was some good teamwork reasoning right there. I also was looking at isolated power recently. Oh, um, yeah. That's why I kind of thought it was Juan Soto. <laughs> yeah. And the low strikeout percentage and double plays, like he's not that fast. The strikeout, he doesn't strike out a lot. I want to look at his like batting line though. Juan Soto. Yeah, I guess the strikeout percentage for Jose Abreu doesn't add up. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I was just like, oh, that's the name I just thought. Yeah, Juan Soto batting 313, slugging 430. No, slugging 530 and on base of 465. Holy. Yes, sir. So that's that's where I started to doubt when I was like, dude, that slugging's not high enough for Juan Soto's OPS. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize how many walks he has. Yeah. That's probably why Adam didn't add the walk percentage because then it would have really kind of narrowed it. Oh, down. yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then this other one, I have no idea. So I'll let you take the rings. So the question is 15.02 pitches per inning tied for second best. 23 quality starts tied for second most and nine and 14 win loss record. Also, um, Adam mentioned 
uh, is his bid for the most under the radar season. I think I've seen from a pitcher and also said, I can't believe I keep forgetting to talk about it. So you better talk about it. And I have a feeling that this is a pitcher who I saw his stats earlier this week and was like, Oh my gosh, what? He had those stats. He had that many innings. Um, and, uh, so I'm going to talk about it right now. I don't, I don't, I didn't look up his stats because I didn't want to cheat. I'll look it up after, but I'm going to go with Sandy Alcantara from the Miami mm-hmm. Marlins. He has over 200 innings pitched. I know that. So I think you got to be efficient with your pitches per inning and you got to have quality starts mm-hmm. and, uh, nine and 14, uh, points to the Marlins because they suck. Points, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's my guess, Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. Honestly, that adds up because, like, I was looking at this. I was like, okay, pitches per inning, they work fast. Quality starts, they pitch a lot of innings, right? So you're looking for a high inning guy who works fast. I don't watch the Marlins enough to know how fast he works. Adam's a big Marlins fan. So now that you say that, that sounds right. Uh, nine and 14, a pitch. If you're nine and 14 with 23 quality starts, you're on a bad team. So I, I like it. I like your guess. Uh, should I throw out another name? Uh, I'm honestly clueless, though. I'm not going to throw out a name because I'm clueless. Yeah. <laughs> we will uncover it. Oh, you know. Oh, let's go. Man, Adam must be shocked with how much of this trivia we nailed. Yeah. <laughs> he is like, I've got them. These guys are too smart for me. <laughs> so, yeah, Stanley Alcantara, 319 ERA. Oh, actually, finished the year nine and fifteen. Ooh. Um, thirty-three games started, two hundred five innings pitched, um, a seven point five hits per nine, eight point eight walk uh, strikeouts per nine, three four two fit. Just a yeah, exactly where I was gonna say I, his his numbers came across my whatever feed earlier this week, and I was like, oh my gosh, we haven't talked about that guy at all, and he's having a phenomenal year. Um, so yeah, you know. What? Uh, Marlins are a team in general. Like we didn't mention when we were talking about a bunch of teams earlier, they could be exciting next year. Like the Marlins are set up in a sense to have a great off season. Yes, no doubt. And they're a team that for a good chunk of the year had a really solid run differential, but we're just getting unlucky. And then I think as the year went on, they just decided, you know what, we're going to give some young guys some shots and just rebuild and focus on next year. Um, Ooh. And also I was looking on Twitter right now, Starling Marte, has made a thank you post to Oakland fans. It looks as if he will not be returning to Oakland. Well, yeah. Which I guess is kind of given. I just want yeah. to shout that out. That was part of the Marlins trade. Do we see him go back to the Marlins? That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I liked watching him there. Um, I want to see the Marlins get really aggressive though in free agency. Cause they have the young pitchers, man. They just need to get that lineup and defense together and the bullpen, of course. Yeah. So like three, three fourths of your team, but you know, yeah, they, <laughs> they got that one for most of their team together. They got jazz. <laughs> yeah. You got to love jazz Chisholm. Um, how, how you, how you doing? <laughs> got anything else to say? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, another, I mean, I don't you know breathing? how you felt about this. I am breathing a little bit. Um, Tanner Houck Saturday was perfect through five innings. He had eight strikeouts and only threw 53 pitches and was taken out. And the Red Sox ended up winning the game, but we were talking earlier about how there's uh, not many reasons to punch a wall. (laughs) 
if I got taken out of a game pitching a perfect game, I think that's a, I think that's a okay reason to punch a wall. He was so chill about it too. I was like, how? How? Yeah, no, that makes, dude, I saw the notification because I wasn't watching the game, right? And I saw the notification and I was like, dude, after the fifth, like at least let him go to the seventh or something. Yeah, and but, like his his third time through the order numbers are what they are and things fall apart quickly for him. Ooh. But like, but his his third pitch, his splitter was really on that day. And I feel like if his third pitch is on, just let him go. Let him do you go. think the reason they limited his innings could have something to do with him maybe being available out of the bullpen in the wildcard game? No, because that was their playoffs when they were playing, you know. That is true. They yeah. needed to win that game. It was win or go home. Yeah. Okay, that is fair. They just thought I that was the throw best. It out. That was I mean, I think he will be available in the wild card game, but um, no, that was just they what they thought was the best formula for winning yeah you want to uh try explaining your five head thoughts of ops or did we kind of poke holes in that the other day i think we kind of poke holes in it i think but so. i guess i'll give a quick i think we of... five headed your five head yeah <laughs> so kind of, yeah yeah i just won't even say it <laughs> okay fair enough we'll, we'll just leave them <laughs> yeah just try and We're understand really OPS. Smart. yeah ops weird stat fun stat weird stat important stat Important stat, extremely important stat. Hard stat to explain to someone who doesn't know OPS. Yeah. So if you don't know OPS, learn it. (laughs) (laughs) From someone else. Because don't ask us to explain it. Yeah. I will tell you what it stands for. On base plus slogan. Yes. Exactly. Um, I think that will do it. We are pumped for playoffs. You're pumped for playoffs. Everybody's pumped for playoffs. Can't wait till the Giants win the World Series. And yeah. <laughs> Go Red Sox. Go Red Sox. I must say I'm not confident, but I believe. You voted believe. for the Yankees. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I will never <laughs> go against you like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, bro, I can't. I just can't. I, I mean, okay, from day one, obviously, I put the Red Sox fourth. It just, if I read the rosters right now, I can't tell you the Red Sox should win that game there <laughs> like dude look at the yankees lineup they got joey gallo and rizzo on top of what they already had they're they got garrett cole in the mound like i i just can't and good con like i think i'm not saying the red sox don't have a shot like i'm not saying the yankees are gonna like 10 run rule them like it's little league um <laughs> but i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> it'll be tough but it'll be fun I'll be in class paying attention to the game. <laughs> brutal scenes. Yes. Absolutely brutal. I will I'll be giving it no, I'll be doing a presentation of a big project <laughs> and I'm just gonna be like watching so, the yeah. game. <laughs> oh Red Sox fan. Um who do they play Tuesday or Wednesday? Which Tuesday. which Tuesday? And then so I will actually be what time's the game at? Seven, uh-huh. I'm assuming. That's probably, I mean, East I don't Coast. think they've announced them yet because I was looking for the Giants. Yeah. But they'll probably be announced soon. I'm assuming it's probably like seven ish. Mm-hmm. And I am going to see the new, uh, what movie is it? The uh, Venom movie at 8 30. So right. I won't be right. missing the second half, which is brutal. But you know what? We'll see you next week when we know who wins. Later. Goodbye. Oh,